0: Okay, right yeah. now, right now I'm talking to you from the town yeah. square in oh, Banska Bystrica in oh. central Slovakia. That's where yeah. I'm talking to you from, and yeah, I'm, I'm using the free town Wi-Fi system. And I'm expecting it to <laughs> to yeah. cut out at some point. But we'll, oh, okay, that's we'll, cool.
1: That's okay. Well,
0: we'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how far yeah. it goes. So uh, you're based in Ghana, right?
1: Yes, I'm in Ghana. Okay.
0: Okay, super. And you're interested in the topic of uh, motivation, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Okay, so
0: what's your interest in motivation? Uh, what? Uh, why is this important for you?
1: Yeah, it is It is so important to me because, because um, you know, we all at a point in time of our lives need um, some encouragement, sort of. We need some somebody um, to push us. You, you need and then you need to push someone to that's how the world is you know it's like give and take sort you of know? you never know who will be listening you never know who would really would need what you would be saying and sometimes people are on the verge of giving up but um one word from you one word of motivation of course from you pushes the person to do what he or she's supposed to do that's why i'm so much concerned about motivation
0: yeah, I like that idea. I like the idea of the, uh, the fact that some people at some point in time, they're going to help you in your life, maybe solve a problem or get to the next level, and then maybe you can return that favor to somebody else. Yeah, you have uh, maybe at a different point in time in your life, you're able to, uh, you're able to give back, and uh, you do that as, as much as you can, right?
1: Exactly. I teach, and um, I'm very, very much in love with that. Um, I was taught before I became a teacher, so I just want to give back what was given to me before. So I'm um, right now. I'm I'm teaching right now. That's the work I do. And it's- <laughs> right.
0: So you you're in class right now? Is that right? No, we are on break. <laughs> oh, you're on <laughs> break. It's, it's not like you should be teaching your class, not talking to me, All right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, we are break. That's how calm I'm talking. No, <laughs> but I'm a subject okay. teacher, so it's time for my subjects, I go to the class. But right now, I don't have okay. any class.
0: Okay, so what's your subject? Well, I mean, what do you? Well, what? What's your main focus, or what age group do you teach? Tell me a bit more about the teaching.
1: Okay, I teach um, English language and uh, religious and moral education, and I teach um, children between the ages of eleven and fifteen.
0: Wow! Wow! Is that is that an easy or a difficult age group for you? It's not that
1: easy. Mm -hmm. It it depends. It depends because you know, from at that age, you are building on what somebody has done already. So, Mm -hmm. if the foundation is not that good, then you would have to reconstruct it and. Getting back to the foundation at that point, it's so hectic. But sometimes, you know, with, with the kind of love we have for the profession, we try our best to do, and others also are well built. So you just put it on it like that, and you are going. And um, you encounter both situations most of the times. There are people who are slow learners naturally, and others are fast learners. and You come into contact with all of them. But at the end of the day, you do what is suspected of you, at least. Even if it's one child at a time that would understand what you're doing, you do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it's. Um, <laughs> I mean, it would be nice to be able to teach the whole world, but uh, it doesn't work like that, right? You've got to do it one day at a time, one step at a time, one person at a time. You've got to yeah, help. Yeah, one you know. topic
1: at a time.
0: Yeah, one subject at time, exactly, right? You know, you you can't teach teach everything all at once. You know, there's a there's a process, right? And you have to follow the process.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise oh, well. the, the whole thing, the whole thing is arranged like a syllable that you have to follow.
0: Like mm-hmm. I'm saying,
1: fine, we have a procedure we follow, but there are others who are slow learners. And you would have to um, allocate special and more time for them. And there are people who are fast learners, which you would have to tax them more, so that it will balance, and um, <laughs> all of them will get along and uh, fall within that process.
0: Oh well, yeah, there's there's something about um, there's something about learning how life works there, isn't there? I mean, in, in life, you're going to be surrounded by people who are better than you and people who are worse than you, people who are faster, people who are slower, and you have to learn to get along with everybody, right? Exactly. So, exactly. so, there's so tell, can you tell me a little bit more about schools in, in Ghana? Because, you know, are they the same as schools in, in other places? Because I'm trying to imagine in my mind that this place where you okay. work. So, okay. so uh, over here, we, we start schooling at
1: four. And they would go to what we call the crash or nursery. And by age six, they have to to graduate to what we call basic school one, BS1. And it would take them six years to go through um, the basic school. From basic Mm -hmm. one to basic six would take six years. And then we have the junior high school, which takes three years. So by 12, they are in basic six. By 13, they are starting um, junior high, and that one takes three years. And at the end of the third year, they take um, a certificate examination called um, BEC, Basic Education Certificate Examination, before they go to senior high school. That one takes for three years. That one, they major in a subject or in a program they would want to do. So okay,
0: from that's there, So that's... That's, can, I, can I just check that? That's similar to what exists in other countries. It's like a primary. There's a nursery school and a primary school and a middle school and a secondary school. So, they did exactly. something similar, right?
1: Exactly. exactly. Very, very similar. Very, very similar. Mm-hmm. i similar.
0: Okay, and how are people's how are people's language skills there? Because you say you teach English, right? So this you know? Because I know in some countries uh, they promote English as a first language, in some countries as a second language. So so how does it work where you are?
1: Okay, um, for for where I am, it is different from those in the city. I am in a rural area here. Those in the city get chance and they get advantage over so many things you know being in a city you get so much exposure but in the rural area here where i am the the first language here is the mother tongue which is tree and it's so predominant that um they speak english when they come to school in the house their parents don't often speak english with them so unless they school and they are restricted or they are um let me say to speak it, they mostly would speak their mother tongue, which is cheap. Um,
0: okay.
1: Things we do here to help them, um, like during English reading class or grammar class or reading and comprehension class or writing class, there are so many things that we do just to help boost their um, English knowledge. Other than that, the language they are used to as their mother tongue, which is cheap, and very few elite people are here. And so sometimes you would even have to go to their various houses after school to make sure they are doing their homework. You have to walk distance to make sure they come back to school the following week or the following day. I mean, you know, the rural areas here, it's recently that they started taking the education serious. Um, it wasn't in service. So with language um, study, it's not easy. It isn't. It isn't easy. But we are trying. We are doing the best that um, we can do.
0: Yeah. So how many? Um, how many students are in the school altogether?
1: Students. Well, the whole school, or my class, or from we have those from lower primary, upper primary, and then junior high. All
0: together, we should be about uh, 300 to 400, between 300 and 400. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. And um, you're saying that some of the students, maybe they don't go to school every day, right? You have to check and control and make sure that they're there, right? Is, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So well, when, you, when you say rural, rural area, it's sort of like a little bit out in the countryside, and maybe people have to travel a little bit to get to the school. Yeah.
1: No mm-hmm. not travel walk they walk their
0: way there right. yeah. oh walk well, okay okay that's cool mm-hmm. that's cool mm-hmm. so what are the um, so what are the ways that you motivate the kids in the school because uh you know motivation is our theme today so what uh, what, are, what are the main ways that, that you think benefits the, the children in terms of motivation how do you yeah how do you drive them forward how do you keep them interested
1: yeah, sometimes we would have to invite um, people from other sectors of um, work to come and talk to them. And uh, other times we take them on as questions. Sometimes too, we would have to organize games, sports, and other things for them. And uh, we organize speech and prize giving days also so that those that are trying to um, be punctual, trying to um, study hard. We reward them just mm-hmm. to attract the others also to come on board. So those are some of the things that we do. And we draw some of them to as close to us as possible. We make them our friends. We take mm-hmm. them like daughters, like sons. We talk to them like we do to our children. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes we have to buy books for them. We have to buy them um, <laughs> for them sometimes you have to feed them yes so
0: you have all to you to, have to feed to feed them did you say
1: yes sometimes you have to feed them all to keep them because like i'm saying if the if the child is to walk like uh, 40 50 minutes before he or she comes to school and the mother is only a farmer or the father is just a farmer <laughs> wait, and, wait, um,
0: 40 or 50 minutes they have to walk to get to school really
1: Yes, that long. That that is how rural this place is. Wow. Yeah,
0: wow, but
1: that's... but um, there are there are some villages that they have schools up to the primary. They don't have the junior high. So after primary over there, they have to walk to the nearby town to attend um, junior high. That is how come they walk that long, especially when they are a little bit older enough to walk that distance. So hmm. those are some of the things we do to motivate them.
0: Wow, that's super! Um, so, what kinds of you mentioned sports? So, what kinds of sports are popular where you are in the world?
1: Mm-hmm. Football, um, volley, and then athletics. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, well, I I guess football is popular everywhere right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, Definitely. Okay. Definitely, okay. it's, it's popular
0: everywhere. Yeah, how does um, how does technology affect the education there? I mean, do you have the same technological facilities as other schools? Do you have computers and stuff? What's what's it like?
1: No, we, we don't we don't. That was that was a program organized by um, RLG, and they were supplying um, schools um, with computers. But it's long, 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 long way. Like, it stops. And right now, a teacher would have to use his own or her own laptop to teach ICT. And um, the internet, we are far from it, please. <laughs> yes,
0: it, it, must be, it must be expensive to buy a laptop there, is it?
1: Very, very
0: Oh my gosh! I can imagine. I can imagine it. You probably need all the support that you can get in, in, in that part of the world. So, what well, what are the greatest challenges that you face as a teacher there? You know, what well, what are the things you have to deal with regularly that are difficult?
1: Yeah, we don't we don't get access to um, teaching learning material. Sometimes we would have to improvise. Most of the times, we would have to improvise. Yeah, that is it. You know, when, when those things are that they make the learning easier and fun and it's become experiential, but you don't have what you use to explain yourself. Some things are abstract. You would need something concrete to let them know. And it sticks better when they see what you're teaching them. We don't have learning materials, speaking learning materials, no um, um computers. We don't have um, those, library, like, those things, those busy, busy things that make learning and teaching um, fun, make it, those things that make learning and teaching um, more durable, we, we don't really have those ones, and it makes it kind of um, difficult. You always have to improvise. You would always have to improvise.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's one of the, the most underrated elements of a great teacher, is the fact that you can have a great plan. But the moment the, the day starts, the moment you walk into the classroom, if the students are not in the right frame of mind, if they're not on board with what you do, it, it can be really difficult. And sometimes you have to change your plan. You have to improvise. You have to work you know, where you are with what you've got. And, uh, yeah. you know, and you can't really teach improvisation. You just have to kind of do it when you need to do it, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Wow, wow, that's fantastic! So, oh, I want to thank you very much for sharing the information today. You've uh, you've uh, created a very nice picture in my mind of uh, what it's like to work in in that part of the world. Wow! Um, do thank you have a
1: book?